Yeah. Yeah, I need that. All right. So uh, those of you on Facebook and LinkedIn, we're live again for another Mind Over Money. Thank you for joining us where we learn new life hacks on our way to making a fatter wallet and uh, more knowledgeable financial decisions. Today, I want to explore some, some housing discussions. So I brought on my good friend and expert, uh, Thomas Hogan, who's with Ameris Bank, uh, to talk about you know construction loans and mortgages and where the housing market's in. Tom, welcome to Mind Over Money. Hey, good to, good to be here. Thanks, man. So uh, I know you've probably got some stuff you want to educate us on, but um, I wanted to take a second and, you know, get your views on where mortgage rates are. You know, when I talk with clients, they're like, oh, well, mortgage rates are so high now. You know, I can't afford to move or I can't afford to buy a house. And, and I question whether we got ourselves in this country into a false sense of, um, reality on what mortgage rates really should be. You know, we were so low for so long. Um, I remember the first house I ever bought uh, in the mid nineties, I, I paid seven and a quarter on my mortgage and I thought I was getting a deal. What, what's your views on mortgages today? Or, you know, are we leveling off? Or are we going to see them go higher? Where, where do you think we're at? Uh, in short, I think we're leveling off and I think we're in for, um, some decline coming up. Uh, I don't pretend to be the guy in the room with the uh, with the shiniest crystal ball, uh, able to look into the future. Uh, I work up most of my assumptions off of general market awareness and uh, really being spoon fed data by Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac with their economic reports and projections, along with those that come out by the um, the National Association of Realtors and the Home Bankers, uh, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. Uh, you know, so, they, they pr go ahead. No, no, I, 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 I get that, you know, and we don't, none of us have a crystal ball to know, you know, uh, exactly what's going to happen. Um, but when someone comes to your bank needing a, you know, a loan, um, you know, how much are we, having those conversations of, well, you know, today we just can't um, afford the same kind of house we could have afforded two years ago because, you know, our monthly payment is going to be higher. I mean, that that's a, a serious issue today, right? Yeah, that's a real issue. I think housing costs both in the ownership space as well as the rental space both have gone uh, up significantly. You know, in context, though, you have to remember that the Atlanta market, I think, for decades was seen as being a housing market that was significantly below uh, the national trends with regard to um, the cost of housing. Uh, I think that it really surprised us. And I think that's why we had such a, uh, you know, such a significant reaction to uh, some very serious the very serious and quick onset of the um, housing affordability issue. I think there were a lot of people were really taken by surprise with just exactly how drastically the the market here corrected to meet more of a national trend. And as a result, um, it's just been a little bit more of a hot topic, you know, if you will. Uh, it's, you know, true that everyone that is in housing currently is 
faced with having to understand, you know, what they can purchase with their with the current rates. Um, you know, the uh, Freddie Mac um, projection that came out in December for this year uh, and the first half of next year showed an easing to, you know, if rates, you know, have been hovering in the mid, you know, to upper sixes uh, in that, you know, kind of quadrant um, for the past couple of months. Uh, they were really projecting more of a sixes kind of high fives by third quarter, fourth quarter this year. And, um, you know, with the inflation numbers coming in, uh, being a little with a little bit of easing, I think what you'll see is um, I think that we're kind of on track uh, for that kind of behavior. I think I think we'll finish up the year in a high fives. And, you know, the the nature of being able to qualify for uh, the you know, the desired housing um, amount is kind of across the board an issue. And that, I don't, I'm not sure that issue is going to really go anywhere. I think that's going to be with us uh, for the long haul. Uh, the only thing that really impacts uh, the only part of my conversation with people currently as it relates to um, that is whether or not they should pay extra money to get a lower rate. Because right. frankly, if you know, if, if the rate being offered today is 6.75, excuse me, percent, and they're interested in paying a, a 1% loan fee to get down to six and a quarter, uh, there may be a very good likelihood that we'll be in the mid fives by this time or a little later next year. And it will probably make sense for them to not only refinance if they were in that particular rate today, but also if they were in the lower rate, uh, just the same. So yeah. one of the things that you know we have to do all the time is a break-even analysis about how long it's gonna to take to recoup the costs that are associated with paying that for that lower rate with the monthly savings, and then have a more of a general conversation about the state of the economy, you know, world of, uh, world affairs and uh, what we think might be the time where they could, you know, that a refinance is more of a reality. So if that's the case, and yeah, I hear everything you're saying, do you think then that that means people are going to start saying, and they probably already have saying, hey, um, I can't move because, you know, I'm in a $400,000, $600,000 house and to move uh, and get a larger house, I'm gonna have to pay eight or nine hundred thousand, and with the higher mortgage rates, I just can't do that. So instead of moving, let me either add on to my existing house, or maybe tear down my existing house to build a larger house that I can fit in. Is that going to be more of a trend since we still have a, a shortage of housing supply? I mean, are we gonna see more of those? add-ons, pop the tops, or just full teardowns? You know, the uh, it's a good question. Uh, the uh, I believe that the increase in rates and the low rates that people currently have on their houses uh, is having a direct impact on people's desire to be more mobile, moving up, moving around uh, than when we had lower rates, because you're right, the, the relative cost of the new house you know, two years ago was relatively insignificant uh, when, you know, compared to their current scenario. And today, uh, selling your home and moving into a new home is going to have a noticeable impact in the cost of that new house. So there has to be some real motivation as to why a person's moving. Um, to your second point, you know, renovating a home 
uh, is um, is a really good option, uh, but possibly, I mean, we're a little more challenged today uh, than uh, in normal times because, you know, the two pro main products that people use to do a home renovation, if they have equity in their home, they can get a home equity line of credit. Uh, they'll pay a, high, a higher rate uh, with the idea that maybe those rates, maybe the rate hikes have stopped or are significantly easing and they'll pay an interest only minimum payment or service it maybe with bonus income or chunky um, chunky money that them, they might be getting from someplace else to make that uh, to make that debt piece kind of go away. Um, the renovation product that is uh, common is for most for most uh, borrowers is the um, the Fannie Mae home style product. And it does require that one of the things that happens as part of that renovation product is the old mortgage is paid off. Uh, so it functions a lot like a, a, a traditional construction firm loan and that it, um, it pays off the mortgage at closing and then provides funding necessary to fulfill a construction or renovation budget. Okay. And, and so that means if we're doing that, if we had that really super low rate on the existing loan that's going to get paid off, that that low rate goes away. We're now financing. If I still have two hundred thousand dollars left on my loan at three, three and a quarter, three and a half, which is so yeah. attractive. Now, all of a sudden, that two hundred thousand is not at three and a half. It's at yeah. six, six and a half. Yeah. I mean, even if it was at four and a half or five percent, you know, it's a it's a significant. I mean, people have to really be. Uh, mindful and purposeful and making sure that what they're doing fits with their overall financial plan, because it's very easy for people to uh, be emotionally charged and possibly make mistakes with regard to what they're trying to actually achieve. You know, yeah. I mean, you, the home equity line of credit is great, but if you don't have a way to get it to go away, uh, it might need to be refinanced. Well, that's, if you've got equity in your own, not a bad solution because you, then possibly could be in that home equity line of credit paying interest only for the next maybe two years, two and a half, three years, whatever. But then you would refinance that, but also then your first mortgage into what might be a permanent loan rate that might be a little bit lower in two years than what it is now. Yeah. So that that's what I, you know, if you've got that possibility, that's great. But you're, that's for a scenario where you're able to use the current equity in your home. And not everybody can do that. A lot of people are banking on the idea that if they have a home that's currently worth three and they put $100,000 into it, instead of it being worth four, it's going to be worth five fifty. Then they're really betting on the need to use the after completed value for their transaction, which might enable them to close that transaction with no money out of pocket, you know, in many cases, but it does put them in a scenario where they're replacing that low interest rate loan. And then, you know, they have to gauge that against not just payment versus payment, but quality of life uh, after completed value and the equity that's gained from going through the transaction. I mean, there's a lot that goes into having a meaningful conversation with people about whether or not they should go through a renovation uh, process financially uh, on their home. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, people make a lot of those decisions on an emotional standpoint, not a financial standpoint. Oh, I need more room. I can't go afford to buy a, a bigger house somewhere else. And now I'm making mm -hmm. a decision because I have this emotional desire that I need more room instead of just sticking with what I have. I think when I think when rates come back down, it's going to be a renovation boom. 
I mean, the construction activity is still very, very high. Um, you know, the construction perm loan is a very, very powerful and popular product because people that want to buy a home are looking around and they're not finding availability of homes that they actually want to buy and are going, well, you know what, I'm going to build. And because now I'm building, I'm going to go through the process of customizing what that finished product is actually going to be for myself. Right. And people Let's are talk transitioning a bit more about that. How, how does that work? If I want to come to you and say, you know, hey, I want to customize exactly like you just said, um, you know, is is the process any different than me just going and getting a, a regular mortgage or is there other hoops and how does the actual loan itself work when I do that? OK, so I've got a lot to say here. So okay. bear with me and I'll try to take breaths yeah, in between. It. The floor yeah. is yours. So the uh, the construction perm loan uh, really has two distinct styles. One is a purchase style transaction and the other is a refinance style transaction. So like if you are purchasing the lot that you're going to build on at the same time that you're going to close in the construction perm loan, we're going to treat that loan as if it's a purchase. And so the down payment that's required is going to have to, to meet guidelines, say it's a 90% loan. The borrower is going to have to put 10% cash money into that transaction. And don't, you know, that, bear in mind that's a 90% loan. So it's going to have a slightly higher interest rate and it's going to have mortgage insurance premiums. Okay. Uh, to achieve an 80% loan, they're going to have to put 20% down. And that's on the cost basis. If you've got a lot that costs 100 and a construction budget of another 400, so you're a $500,000 loan, you're talking about needing to put $100,000 down to achieve an 80% loan to value. And not everybody has $100,000 to put down. Uh, we offer uh, portfolio loans for Jumbo. We have a conventional product for that middle market. And we also have a uh, here at Ameris, the FHA construction per loan, loan product that actually allows people to put only 3.5% down when it comes to doing a purchase style construction loan. So we we uh, there are some ways where that is... Um, you know, uh, an issue, but we also have some solutions depending on a variety of different um, characteristics of a person's uh, loan, you know, strategy. The other, uh, the other style is called the refinance style. And the refinance style is where the borrower actually is on title to the lot prior to closing. And that's powerful because we, in treating it like a refinance, not only can we use the after completed value for determining the loan to value, where they get equity uh, they realize the equity from the creation of the new home. Uh, they actually get that as uh, in determining the loan to value for your let me, home. Let me understand what you just said, though. So you're saying that um, you're not using the current value of the house. The the owner comes and says, here, I had an architect draw up plans. Here's the completed product. This is what it's going to be worth. And and you're appraising on that, not yeah. what's actually on the on the lot. After completed value is what's used to calculate the loan to value ratio, which that's what allows people in most cases that own their lots to be able to close on a construction loan, paying off the existing lien, if there is one, paying for the cost to construct. And oh, by the way, this is a refinance. So we get to roll the closing cost into the actual loan amount. And if those three things are met in 
in calculating that loan to value, then your borrower is going to get into a potentially, well, meaning a, meaning a 10% down payment requirement is almost a, a foregone conclusion. Getting into an 80% loan to value scenario is highly likely in many cases where people get into more favorable terms and also have no mortgage insurance. And that's a great way to, to start out that new home, having that 20% equity position, because it's the it's the the buyer, the homeowner that's really getting the value that is generated from the uh, the creation of that project. Yeah. Now, now the loan itself um, is it work just like any other mortgage, or is there like what happens during the construction? Is the the borrower still making payments during construction? Can you yeah. explain so, to the the, to you know, the way that I always I kind of go through this this spiel that I have for people when they call up and are asking about this, and I'll I'll tell you much the same. The um the qualifying factors for the loan product, the loan program are almost exactly the same. It is credit and income and money in the bank and credit score and all that sort of you, stuff. You mean it's not like 2008? I, I just have a pulse. I, I yeah. actually have to have those things today. Yeah, not currently. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, when it comes to um, then talking about the actual product, you know, people, depending on the program that you, that you qualify for, that you get into, they're each going to have their own different um, rate structure or, you know, calculation on how to generate the, uh, the actual interest rate. Uh, the portfolio products have a, a par rate and then a very favorable 1% discount rate that puts you down into currently down into the low sixes for your construction uh, loan. And that particular scenario allows for the borrower to go through the construction phase, paying interest only, only on the amount drawn. And then at the time that the home is complete and the borrower goes through what I'll explain to you in a minute called a loan modification, they can <clears throat> either keep the rate that they closed on, or if the current market environment is more favorable, which it's probably going to be for a lot of people that take action, you know, in the next 12 months, um, that will actually give them the opportunity to float down to whatever the current market actually really is. So that's super powerful. The um, conventional um, product is priced a little bit differently in that it takes the, we here at Veris, we use the 60 day purchase price at par and then for the construction phase, we add a 1% loan, uh, we add a 1% to the interest rate. And they go through construction at that elevated rate. And then at modification, we float them down to the 60-day purchase current par rate. What that does is it protects the bank against some kind of a haywire thing that happened, you know, last year and rates going up. But it also realizes that once we've been protected and the home is complete, that we're going to float back down so that the borrower ends up being in the lowest rate they possibly can for their permanent loan. And in that particular scenario, I can tell you that it's very favorable most times for the borrower to pay a 1% discount fee. They don't have to, but they can. I, you know, recently I'm got, I've got people that are going into the construction phase at like 6.757%. And so I know that when they get through the process and they modify out, assuming that market conditions are better than they are today, they're probably going to be in a permanent loan rate in the mid, mid to high fives. So 
Uh, every case is different. I don't want anybody to get on me about talking about interest rates in a public forum. Uh, everybody has to, everybody qualifies differently. Um, but we also have the FHA product, which uh, is priced actually exactly the same as the um, conforming product is. It just has a little bit of a different level of incentive with, uh, with regard to paying discount points to actually achieve a more favorable rate scenario, possibly. Well, we're, we're almost out of time, but I wanted, I had one more question. You mentioned mm -hmm. a second ago about um, only paying on what has been drawn. So during the construction process, let's say it takes 12 to 15 months, however long it takes to construct the new house. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the builder has to buy something. Now the borrower is coming to the bank and saying, hey, we need to make a draw to pay for those materials. How involved is the bank on that? Is it just a matter of the borrower almost like writing a check or does no. the borrower have to submit stuff to the bank? No, that's actually a really good question. The um, A lot of times borrowers are not understanding how to create a level of trust in this process to make sure that the builder is not really taking them for a ride. And I can tell you right now that I tell everybody that calls me we're building their house, but we're also building the bank's collateral for the loan. Uh, you can bet your bottom dollar that when the bank, when the builder comes and asks for money to be paid for tasks one, two, and three that have been completed, we're actually going to send out an inspector that works for the bank that goes out, takes a look at the project, understands that the project's been done correctly, 100% finished, done to code. They take, you know, tons of pictures of what is being requested to be paid on it's all posted up on a website uh, and when they indicate that those things are actually done they send the report back to the bank and that's when the bank that's only when the bank will actually release money to the builder for that work that's actually been finished because you know we have um, an ongoing threat uh, to the viability of any project because the builder works for the borrower the builder does not work for the bank and so we're there making sure that the builder is doing his or her job and making sure that the, that the, the, uh, that the homeowner has some reassurance in knowing that things are going along as scheduled. As scheduled. But, you know, it's powerful for the homeowner. I, so many of the homeowners will call me up midway through construction and just talk about how happy they are with being able to log on to a website and seeing pictures of all the product being, you know, uh, of all the stuff going on in their house. because. You know, some of them don't really feel comfortable stopping by a home site because everybody's busy working and they feel like they're being, you know, uh, even though it's their own homes, a lot of people feel very like they're being nosy. Yeah. You know, or, or, or the, the reverse, case. they go by and don't see anything going on and then they get mad going, why is nothing going on? Yeah, you well, that, that's that's a different problem. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, uh, we, we got to call it a day, but I think okay. we could have so many more conversations. Hopefully you can come back at a future uh, show. Um, but if, if someone wanted to um, get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? You know, if uh, they yeah, have the more way... questions off of this video, what, yeah. what would you suggest they do? The best way is just to give me a call. Uh, I'm at 404-591-2500. Uh, I've got, you know, a little bit of an online presence, but I I stay really busy working uh, working these uh, construction perm loans for a lot of the agents that call in and for individual clients that I've had over the years. Uh, more and more people are engaging the construction perm loan product, um, and that is um, it's great. 
Uh, and then, of course, you know, purchase, refinance, home equity lines of credit, lot loans. And I do loans in 47 states with Ameris Bank. So I can help your mom in California, your cousins, uncles, brothers, niece in Ohio. Um, but the yeah, so that, that's how. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Tom, thank you so much for coming on the show. And um, everyone, uh, if you have any comments, just put them in the in the comments and Tom and I can uh, respond to you that way as well. And uh, see us back here next week, every Thursday at noon uh, for Mind Over Money. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. Thank you.